Hello, and welcome to another Sports Next Door podcast. My name is Owen. Today is Monday, October 2nd, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my neighbor Max. How's it going, my friend? Spooked uh, and sore. Spooked and sore. How about you? Spooky season, baby. Uh, I am feeling a little bit tired. Not wake, looking forward to waking up uh, 10 to 6 tomorrow for practice. It's I'm in the dog days of my coaching season now. We're through ter- two tournaments. We got Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving coming up, uh, and then Nationals, and then that will be over and done with. But been a busy couple of weeks. I'm ready for a br- bit of a break here with the long weekend and absolutely gorgeous weather has been helping my mood here in London. We have 27 and sun today, so definitely can't complain on that side. Just uh just need to hunker down here. Um and and I mean moments like this help. Adding the podcast in, getting to talk some sports, uh helps me get through the week. I've been in the middle of a Game of Thrones reread and you mentioning the weather there just like set my mind to kind of like bouncing back and forth between worlds where both are having the weather kind of change in a way where like seasons don't really correspond to how they thought of like everyone alive thought of them in previous times. So now I'm even more spooked just the source when the pod started though. Yeah. Really looking forward to Canadian Thanksgiving. We're getting close to our three year anniversary. Oh shit. You know what? I totally messed up. Uh, two episodes ago, I meant to tell you at the start that it was the 200th episode, so I have to settle for telling you this is the 202nd episode. Congratulations to us. Um, 203rd? I don't know. That's, I see how I messed what's this up. that? 400 hours of editing for you, at least? Let's not uh, think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a ride it's been and continues to be. We've got lots on tap today. Max, do you want to kick us off? Uh, I'm actually in the middle of an episode of the current sports viewing. I don't know if you've been following any of the U.S. government negotiations, but like, I guess climax passed, but still like next episode started. And I guess I'm kind of at the start of that episode right now. So we won't, won't get too, too into that. I think there's plenty of sports to fill the docket. Yes, sir. I think the biggest item of news to talk about uh we're about 24 hours delayed now and seeing the reactions continue to pour out but uh, we got an aftershock after the earthquake dame trade that shook the nba uh we got a not quite as equally shocking and exciting move but definitely a significant one that alters the race for the nba title once again drew holiday is now a Boston Celtic, much to our chagrin, in a great trade. And shout out to Portland, because they now turn Damon into a significant haul of pieces and players as they add Robert Williams, the Time Lord, Malcolm Brogdon, and a 2024 Golden State Warriors first-round pick and a 2029 Boston Celtics unprotected first-round pick. So they now have Milwaukee and Boston's picks in the 2029 draft. They now have Robert Williams, who at some points in time when he's healthy, many consider to be a top three defensive center in the league. 
and was in the running with Marcus Smart for Defensive Player of the Year two years ago when Marcus won it. And they're able to kind of have him as either a four option or they can run him as a backup five behind Aiton. And they've really dove into this new era of Portland Trailblazers basketball that I think their fans have to be pretty happy about, that they were able to swing Damian Lillard into Aiton into into Drew Holiday, who turned into Time Lord and Brogdon, and four or five first-round picks. That's about as significant a return as you can get for a, a star player who makes as much and is as late into his career as Damian Lillard is. So you got to be really happy as a Portland Trailblazers fan. I'm not sure if you have anything else to add on the Portland side, Max. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm wondering if it's just pettiness or if coincidence that uh they send all these threatening players to the east and beef up teams that are not the miami heat um mm. who i think have a little more relevant concern than us raptors fans at these last week or so of developments um but on the basketball side of things for portland it makes me wonder like is that a starting five sharp scoot uh Simons. Simmons. And then Time Lord and Aiden, like, and where does that rank on starting fives, like, potential wise and as is? It's going to be fun in any event, right? I think what Jeremy Grant is also Portland Trailblazer. Oh, yeah, shit. So even better. Yeah, certainly a fun one. Do you think, like, they try and implement that same thing they did in Boston with Robert Williams off the ball? Oh, they would have to. Uh, like, like on defense, because like Aiton kind of gets a bit of a knack, knock for like not having the hustle, not having the intensity. So if you have a guy right behind him who's like, that's his main strength, that's like an interesting compensation. And Aiden like wanted more touches offensively, which he'll still have to fight for yeah. uh, with Grant and all those young guards. But I don't, I don't know. I guess uh, yeah. I I think the uh, end case scenario here is. Aiton and Williams will not share the floor, but I think there's a really fun scenario where DeAndre Aiton, as someone who wants a bigger offensive role, has shown he actually can space the floor from that short corner and I'm sure is working on extending his range out to the corner. We could actually have Scoot driving downhill with Robert Williams as a lob threat and Aiton spacing. But then if you ever needed to, you could pack the paint. Like no one is getting an offensive rebound if Aiton and Williams are in there. Yeah. And then you have Aiton as the kind of <clears throat> switchable center uh, that that works as the primary defender in, in the pick and roll. Uh, and then you have Williams on your, whoever is the non-shooter on the floor, have Williams sit in the corner and kind of be the rim protector slash fly around guy. Uh, it's It's a... It's at the very least a very intriguing set of dimensions that they're going to have on both sides of the floor. I don't think it's going to immediately turn into winning, but I'm fascinated to see what it could be. Obviously, on the Celtics side, a much more tangible increase in threat. It's yep. interesting because like, you look for a player similar to Drew Holiday, and the first one that probably comes to mind is Marcus Smart. Um, so, like, is that 
a certified upgrade there or is this more do you think about just like shaking the bag switching up the pieces behind Tatum and Brown and trying something different and like accepting that that squad wasn't going to get and moving on or like it's just it's a little surprising to me that they trade smart and then go get such a similar like defensively minded point guard I don't know if you see any big upsides holiday has over smart the the two significant differences uh I see is Drew Holiday has now played in an ecosystem where he knows he's the second or third option and he has I think less of an ego than Marcus just based on what I've seen previously right Marcus Smart always ended up being the one taking the last shot he did start to tone it down the last few years and and become more of a distributor and less of a hey I'm going to create myself Drew Holiday can do that, but he knows when to defer. And it just gives them an extra asset of ball handling. Like, I just trust his playmaking and ball handling a little bit more than Marcus. Uh, And then that's really the key thing. And then on the defensive side, it's pretty similar. I would say, again, that Drew Holiday is someone I would trust to guard a larger array of players. Uh, than Marcus Smart, and and he's going to do it without the flopping aspect yeah. that I know people have hated so much. He, he's a bit more competitive standing up than Marcus, and I think Boston needs that that leadership in a different sense than, uh, again, has someone who's gone against Marcus Smart for such a long time, like, as a fan, have nothing but respect for what he does. It's very Marshawn-esque, but... It, it never ended up translating to winning at all. And that's something Drew Holiday has done, right? With a pretty significant steal and lob in that finals to Giannis, an yeah. all-time moment. And Boston just has to be thrilled that they've upgraded Brogdon into Drew Holiday. And and obviously they made the move to go get Porzingis, but it, it, it's just there's two prohibitive favorites in the East and it's not close with anyone else that exists in that conference. And these two are going to be going at it all season. Very, very exciting stuff. And Boston has decided that they're going all in with this team because they have emptied the the draft cupboard uh, significantly. And they are pushing up here into the second tax apron. That's going to mean extra punitive and expensive penalties for them. So I mean, (laughs) I couldn't name you a better five than Tatum, Brown, White, Holiday, and Porzingis, or Horford, if you choose to throw that in there. The advanced metrics are going to push Boston through the roof and have them back into the betting favorites to win the title. It's all going to come down to Porzingis' health, Holiday's ability to not deteriorate like other small guards do later towards their careers and can Tatum and Brown finally take that last step because there has been a ton of success and I know we measure in titles but what is it three eastern or four eastern conference finals two NBA finals appearance it's it's all right there they just need that take that five that last notch that takes them over the hump so it's the eastern conference finals right now between yeah. the Bucks and the Celtics, who do you take? <sighs> I think I'd actually go Celtics because they have. I just holiday guarding Dame would be so much fun. Oh my god! 
but then you also could throw Derek White at at Dame as well. Whereas Milwaukee on their side, they don't have a single player that I trust to guard any one of Holiday, White, Brown, or Tatum. Giannis guarding Tatum, but. It, it didn't happen though in yeah. previous games. Like yeah. I think Giannis prefers to guard yeah. bigger fours and and fives. So they yeah, had I, a, on the 76ers now to throw at him too, and they don't really. I guess they throw Crowder at him now, but Crowder didn't get much minutes. So. Yeah, it's it's Bobby Portis, it's Crowder, like not guys who you super trust. And I think Boston can really pick apart the drop coverage now that they don't have drew holiday chasing them around screens so boston yeah. is the favorite in my eyes oh it'll be interesting to see if uh, lopez maintains that paint dominance at his age too so. yep yep a lot of bets on milwaukee's side boston definitely feels a little bit safer minus the Porzingis yeah. thing yeah just youth is on their side yeah kind of sounds so super exciting we're now days away from nba training camps opening up uh we saw jimmy butler's emo hairstyle today <laughs> in in media day so looking forward to more random stuff that comes out of that but the nba is nearly here and so we've got to give some other sports some love in the meantime nfl week four denver broncos are back baby we're so back a late comeback walk-off field goal against the 0-4 Chicago Bears gives Denver their first win of the season. And yeah, just to be clear, we're not actually back. Um, I'm I'm almost hoping they would have lost that game because they do have their first-round pick actually this year. And there's a lot of great prizes at the bottom of this draft in 2024, most notably Caleb Williams. Heard that name somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a casual friend of your sister's, right? Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, they have lunch in the athletic half <laughs> all the time. Yeah, all the all the USC stars are and hang out with all the varsity athletes. <laughs> and congrats though on the win, though they had to win it in the fourth quarter. Yes, on a walk-off field goal after stopping the Bears' offense uh, late in the game and having to get a defensive touchdown. Halfway through the fourth, just really, really, really brutal. And I am not changing my opinion on the season. So we'll move off of that game and cover some other fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, kicking off a Sunday with uh, the game in London coinciding with the Toy Story broadcast. Did you see any of those images? No. So they they broadcasted the entire game in Andy's room of Toy Story with kind of toy figures that they had uh mo-capped so that fought, it just matched up with the actual game and then you had the alien claw placing the ball you had slinky as the sideline chains for first downs really interesting uh we got to see Bijan robinson drop a man in toy story and on the field uh he's such an electric player but the jacksonville jaguars get a win to start the sunday off and then it was off to the races from there the Baltimore Ravens absolutely obliterate the Cleveland Browns, who did not end up starting Deshaun Watson. And the Cincinnati Bengals match the Browns put with three points against the Tennessee Titans, and, and something is wrong there. Joe Burrow, I mean, I've said it consistently. He's injured. 
Um, they they lost T. Higgins now, and and the the year from hell is piling up for Cincinnati. They might be one of the teams that no one expected to miss the playoffs, uh, but right now they are on track too. So a couple of disappointments there. Puka Nakua continues to be the revelation of the fantasy and just general NFL season. Without Cooper Cup, he has another big day and scores the eventual uh, overtime touchdown for the Rams to win in their game. The Houston Texans have really turned on the momentum. CJ Stroud looking like a bona fide star as the second overall pick and is one of six quarterbacks to throw for over 900 yards without an interception in his first four starts to a season. He's looked fantastic and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers handily. Uh, every single team in the AFC South two and two, the definition of mediocrity. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills with statement wins. The Bucs obliterating the New Orleans Saints who couldn't score any offense at home. And the Bucs now take a stranglehold lead on the NFC South while the Buffalo Bills with a statement win in the marquee game of the week against the Miami Dolphins. Josh Allen, best player on the field by far, 48-20 to final. They just put it on them and Miami... uh, I mean, coming off of 70 points, very excited about their offense. And Buffalo said, welcome to the next level, right, of the video game. This team now has been in the playoffs uh, consecutive seasons, and, and Miami entered that weight class and were underprepared for that game. And, and the Bills put it on them, and Josh Allen reestablished himself ahead of Tua in the MVP odds after that one. Last game to end the night, Kansas City Chiefs with Taylor Swift in attendance once again with also Hugh Jackman and Blake Lively, a couple other stars, yeah, Brittany like this, Mahomes. This Brandon makes more sense to me than the Toy Story shit, TBH. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they got off to a great start and Taylor Swift was like, whoa, is every game just a 41-10 win for Travis? Like, this seems like fun and I wouldn't ever blame him if he never wanted to stop playing football because they just win all the time. And then things went a little bit sideways for Kansas City. They started playing conservatively. The Jets' defense started taking over the game. And Zach Wilson, of all people, started making throws. It's almost bad for the Jets that he's shown a little spark of something because he's just going to break their hearts again. He's prolonged his career. Everyone thought he was going to be done after tonight's game with an obvious loss. But he makes some great plays. He gets them back in it. And then there's a late fumble by him. Apparently no one blamed him for it, but a late fumble by Zach Wilson. The Chiefs get the ball back. Mahomes throws an interception called back due to pass interference. That's all in the game. And then he gets the first down, slides down instead of taking it in the end zone, killing endless parlays of over bets and Chiefs minus nine and a half and whatever else was bet on the game and the chiefs kneel it out with a three point win. And it's kind of a shaky three and one start for them, but a win is a win. And we'll get to see another week of Travis and Taylor (laughs) come next Sunday. Fantasy player of the week, Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. Betcha Max has never heard of that man in his life. You'd be correct. Neither had I before the start of the season, but they do have a fun offense with Robert Woods and Tank Dell. They really stretch defenses, and and Collins looked really, really phenomenal and put up 28 fantasy points as as the 
sleeper of the week. So shout out to Nico and and this Texans team is becoming increasingly fun to watch. So we might have to tap into them a little bit sooner uh, when we talk next Monday. That's it for football fan cave, Max. Anything you want to talk about next? Um, I wouldn't mind stopping in vision very briefly, just to mention that at an incredibly stacked 500 level event, the most stacked one I've seen in the men's side in years, um, the three best players of the year, not including Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz, Daniel Medvedev, and Yannick Sinner, all make semis, and one Alexander Zverev, who's been on a big upswing these past three, four months. So just to say at an incredibly stacked tournament, we get the best players in the semifinals, which is great. And if you think about the U.S. Open, where Zverev lost to Alcaraz, Sinner lost to Zverev, and then Alcaraz lost to Medvedev. You get some fun, fresh matchups here with uh, Medvedev, Zverev, and Alcaraz Sinner, which I know for a lot of young tennis fans is one of their favorite rivalries. So those happen between now and when this podcast gets uploaded. Uh, looking forward to checking back in on those, and whatever the final is, it's going to be a great one. Yeah, we are heading towards the end of the ATP season. So a couple of significant events left for people to try and raise their rankings. All right. Speaking of rankings, we got number one overall pick to talk about quickly here. I know still in preseason of the hockey world, but uh, we would be remiss if not to mention the name of Connor Bedard, who in his preseason debut had a pair of assists, one of them to Andreas and Thanasiu for the overtime winner for the Chicago Blackhawks. And he is going to keep this team on the face of the map. He is a phenomenal player. My only thought is he does look a little bit small out there on the ice. And I mean, that's going to be okay in this new NHL where you can't, you don't have the same level of physicality, uh, but I do worry for him in moments, right? We saw Connor McDavid was just too fast for himself and and wasn't necessarily in that fine-tuned, perfect precision control that he has now and in his prime. And that's what led to the injury in part uh, of a kind of weird stray stick from a Philadelphia Flyers player. But I just want to make sure that Bedard has a healthy season because He's a, he's a playmaker out there and he he's operating at a different speed currently uh, already at such a young age. Yeah. Like I was saying to you before we got on the pod, when there's this much hype and this type of talk about a player for this long, um, I've only ever seen it turn into a McDavid into a Crosby. And so it's not surprising to see the preseason going well and being so good that your physical body just hasn't matured and developed to the level of talent that you have is a pretty good problem to have. We see players go through it like time and time and the size will come eventually. And it's just about getting adjusted to the game, which as you pointed out is not even quite what that was 10, 15 years ago. So it's a faster game and that's certainly more injury prone. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what the number one pick brings. And just it's still McDavid's lead. And this is, at least in terms of dominance and points, and this is the next billing of that. The Another player 
who has benefited from this new era of the NHL with the speed, with the flash, is one Trevor Zegras, uh, who has been a offensive phenomenon with the highlight plays. Not sure how much he brings on the defensive end yet for an Anaheim Ducks team that is hopefully starting to turn around their fortunes starting this year. And they signed him to a bridge deal. Three years, 5.75 AAV. Comes in higher than what was initially reported at three or four million being offered by Anaheim, which was shockingly low, uh, but does come in lower than the number that it felt like Zegris's camp was asking for, which was in that six, seven, even eight million dollar range. Uh, the deal does time out well for him, though, as we know that the cap will be going up over the next three years and he'll be hitting. Restricted free agency in the last year of that contract, but right as I think it will be much more acceptable to put a a double-digit dollar player uh, who is supposedly going to be your number one overall center. Uh, that just, it feels like an easy upgrade for him once he gets to that point. But the Ducks, without having seen any sort of winning yet from this team or any sort of defensive prowess yet from Zegras, they they get a good bargain here to wait and see. Uh, and, and a bit of a time frame here to start adding some pieces around it as the rest of this roster is looking pretty thin. So love the deal for both sides. I'm fascinated to see what this roster is going to do in the next couple of years because they have a lot of young prospects that are up and coming but not quite there yet. And if they don't do any winning in these three years, then Zegris could be on the move somewhere else because I don't think he's going to get as high a number as he wants. I mean, it's kind of the two go together, like the winning and Zegris, like earning that type of contract or like if he wants to earn that type of money, he's going to have to play to a level that brings the team there. And that's when they're really going to care and want to save off that. So like, as you said, Anaheim been building for a long time. I'm just like, until they raise their value. Like it just becomes about one player's salary, which. Yeah. Uh, the salary cap. What a joy. It makes you sign players to bargain deals and hope that they pop just like the Leafs have done with Con- Connor Timmons. <laughs> the abs- He's taken the world by storm. Uh, Leafs fans were losing their minds about his first two preseason games. He balled out in St. Thomas uh, and everyone was loving the fact that he seemingly is starting to fit in as that third pair right defenseman could be providing some pop offensively. And just as things were looking up for the St. Catharines native, he does run into an injury here. He will be week by week. Hopefully he will be healthy in time for the season. Obviously not a major injury to the Leafs roster, but uh, it was a, a feel good story that got cut short here to start, but hopefully he can get back on track and maintain some of that positive momentum. Cause we are going to need all hands on deck. This is a year where we'll get to our NHL preview in, in the next couple of weeks or so, but this is a year where it feels like Tampa and Boston could be on the decline and the rest of the teams in the division, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal are still on the rise and Toronto and Florida feel like the main teams that really have a, a significant shot at winning the division which Toronto hasn't done yet with the alignment and the window that they have. They obviously won the Canadian vision, but that doesn't mean anything anymore. So it's a big year. 
it's a big year under new management um with a fresh face leading the the charge and there should be no reason why they can't be competing for that number one spot at the end of this regular season new management new division alignment same leaves i don't know I mean, they've done well in the regular season. We can say that. Yeah, it it is been much more fun being a Leafs fan these past ten years than the first ten years. Absolutely, absolutely. Except same playoff defeats. It's been well, tough. There was for, one in those first ten years, so it's been tough for Toronto teams to get out of the first round, uh, unless you count the Raptors championship run. But we're hoping that another team can do it here. As we transition into baseball banner, Toronto Blue Jays did lock up a wildcard spot in the second last game of the season, and they have been confirmed and locked into a first-round series against the Minnesota Twins. Finally, a new team to look at rather than the division rival or the Texas Rangers. Feels like those have been the teams we've played the last 12 years whenever we've made the playoffs, and now we get a new uh, opponent a similarly cursed franchise in Minnesota who hasn't won a playoff series. And I can't even tell you how long, I think a couple decades. So a couple of teams that are looking to break a, a streak, break a curse and, and move out of the first round and uh, profile similarly as teams. Well, uh, surprisingly strong starting rotation. We'll see uh, Pedro Lopez, go up against Kevin Gosman in game one. And then it's slightly underperforming offense, right? The Twins brought in Carlos Correa. He's been battling injuries most of the year. Same with Byron Buxton. Uh, and then on the Jays' side, Bichette battling some injuries. And, and Guerrero, for the most part, just underperforming what everyone thought he was going to be this year and take another step forward. And the Jays are middle of the pack in home run rate. And they actually are first in the league in defensive runs saved. So that's one thing that you can hope can you can count on come the playoffs is their defense been really, really strong with Kiermaier, with Varsho, with Springer, uh, with Matt Chapman. They've got studs all over the diamond who play really, really well in their position. And they're going to need every bit of that against this Minnesota team. Uh, unfortunately, they don't get the benefit of home field, but that may actually help them based on what happened last year against Seattle. And they're going to need to go on the road here and prove that they're, they can beat a AL central team where that division was really weak. I think the records ended up being similar. If not, the Jays had a better record, but Minnesota gets the home field advantage. And so in that regard, the series odds are stacked slightly in the Minnesota twins favor. The expert picks are pretty split down the middle, 50-50, and then no one has the winner of this series getting past the Houston Astros in the next round. So uh, fascinating to see what this one will go. Uh, we start at 4.30 tomorrow, Eastern time, pumped up. If there's one thing that I know is that there's going to be a ton of eyeballs on Blue Jays playoff baseball. This team gets a lot of the country behind its back when they play, so I'm going to be tapped in. I hope you are too. And the last thing to say in baseball banner, once it's all said and done, I focus on the twins, but everyone's looking at the Atlanta Braves because they're the team to beat at the top of this uh, defending champs. And 
They've got Ronald Acuna Jr., who went for 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. Matt Olson, who hit over 53 home runs. This team just mashes you left, right, and center. And while they have had some injuries to their starting rotation, this season was a breeze, and they're ready to go back and defend their title. And they are the team to beat right now in the entire league. So... Really, really excited for baseball playoffs. Uh, that's how you know fall is officially here with October baseball. There's nothing quite like it. And uh, I'll be tuning into that this week. I hope everyone else is as well. I think that's about everything. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Owen today. I feel like it's been a while since I've talked this much on our pod. But uh, lots of good stuff. And Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, who doesn't love hearing themselves talk, right? <laughs> Listening back on the edit, that's a little rough in the moment. I tend to not focus on the sound of my voice. Mm. You hit your free flow state. Yeah. And good oh. time too. So appreciate everyone for listening to me ramble today. I I hope it was enjoyable. And I know that we'll be getting into more of our bread and butter together as a, a duo as the NBA and NHL seasons kick off. We've got uh, some season previews to do. Obviously, we got to keep up on playoff baseball and the NFL season. And, and as the ATP gets close to wrapping up, lots and lots of sports, right? We're getting to this these days where you get the four major sports on one day uh, where we're very close. And that is the peak of the sports calendar, and it's right around the corner. So I just can't wait. I hope everyone has a fantastic Canadian Thanksgiving. If uh, if we don't hear from you in the comments, we'll talk to you next uh, Monday on the holiday. And uh, yeah, I'll leave Max to sign us out. Feeling thoroughly shamed for not watching any tennis at 3 a.m. this week. Sports Next Door signing out. <laughs>